Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Like many of you, I grew up in the church, attending uh, Sunday school. Every Sunday, didn't have a choice, right? I'd get up, go to Sunday school. Went to vacation Bible school every summer. And uh, the memories I have of vacation Bible school are much different than what we do today. Today, uh, vacation Bible school, there's always like a theme, right? Uh, a, a theme of like, you know, the Arctic exploration or space. Uh, space and aliens seem to be popular lately, uh, you know. Uh, and there's videos. That, we didn't have any of that, right? When I went to Bible school, you went in the mornings in the summer. You sat in a Sunday school room. You got uh, a, a little uh, napkin. And on that napkin, you got yourself some uh, uh, Cheetos or, or, or uh, you know, maybe some, uh, some other type of cracker, maybe some animal crackers if we were doing Noah. And then you got that little cup from McDonald's, you know what I'm talking about? You go to McDonald's and they would like give you free cups and this big container of, of juice that was like some sort of orange, I don't know. And whenever I have any sort of that artificial orange flavor juice today, I just brings me right back to vacation Bible school. You know, those type of experiences really form us as Christians. And so I thought it would be neat over the next few weeks to just share a few of my favorite stories that I uh, have had from uh, Bible school and from Sunday school. Some of my favorite Bible stories that I learned as a child, and, and maybe look at those again as an adult. So uh, today we are going to start off with uh, one of my all-time favorite stories, and that is the story of Noah. You know, when we think of Noah, we think of really two things, animals and water don't we? Reminded of a story about a guy who was sleeping in one day. He woke up, realized that the town was flooding, and so he uh, uh, started praying, God, help me! And he uh, uh, ran up to his uh, second story of his house, because the bottom story was already flooded, when all of the sudden, a uh, uh, couple of neighbors and a rowboat come by, and they say, hey, jump in, we'll take you to safety. And the guy's like, no, I prayed, God's going to save me, go on. So they rode on. The floods kept coming up, and uh, 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 the guy's like, well, what am I going to do now? And so he climbs up on his roof, and, and a, um, uh, a uh, National Guard helicopter comes over. And they say, here, we're lowering you a rope. And the guy's like, no, no, we're, we're not going to do that. God's going to save me. Go on. And so the helicopter flies on, and the water keeps coming up. And the guy drowns. 
And he goes to heaven. And he's like, God, what's the deal? I prayed for you to save me. And God looks at him and goes, I sent you a guy, two guys in a rowboat and a helicopter. What more do you want? The story today of Noah is God sending someone to help during a great flood. A flood that was like none other before it. The story of Noah has been a longtime favorite in children's ministry, but believe it or not, the story is very ancient and actually very, very popular, even outside of the Bible. There are stories about an ancient flood and, and somebody called by God to, to save uh, humanity and, and to save uh, life on the earth during that flood. There are stories about this event, uh, not just in, uh, say, the Bible, but in uh, other parts of the uh, ancient world, uh, from Iran to India to Southeast Asia, there's even stories that come from North and uh, South America, ancient stories about this. Probably the most popular story of Noah outside the Bible uh, is found in the uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, which is dated to about the 23rd century uh, BC. Uh, it's 23 centuries before Jesus, and uh, tells a remarkably similar story. So the story of Noah and this great flood is one that permeates humanity. And it's one that is a foundation of the biblical story, because it, it, it lays out the problem that God has with humanity, and that is human sin. People not living in a way that honors their creation or their creator. Not being what God created them to be. Genesis 6, we first hear about Noah. And we are told that Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the peoples of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. See, Noah lived in the world, but was not of the world. Reminded of what Paul says in Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. We can learn from Noah, can't we? As Christians, we need to live in the world. Now, it can be easy for us to say to ourselves, you know, let's just build a wall around us and, and keep all of this world out. Anything that, 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 that isn't God-honoring, out. But that's not really realistic, nor is it what Jesus calls us to do as Christians. Isn't it? We need to live in the world and to be a shining beacon of hope 
and the darkness. Yet, it is hard to be in the world, but not of the world. Because the world is so very shiny and tempting. Noah was able to be in his world, but not of it. He was a righteous man, a, a beacon of hope. And so God chose Noah because of his righteous life to be the one who would save humanity during this calamity. And so... Uh, we, we know the story. Uh, Noah is told to go and to build uh, the ark. Now, when I was a kid, my dad had something old that maybe some of you have never seen. It's called a record player. Any of you ever have a record player? Yep, have a record player. How about, or my favorite, the eight-track player. Did any of you have the eight-track? Oh man, I, I, I remember. Remember the first eight-track my dad bought me was Kenny Rogers, the Gambler. I don't know why I was obsessed with it. And you'd sit there and he would play it, and you'd see this little blue light go from track to track. It was so cool. Oh, the 1970s. We well, had this album. Now, today this is a bit problematic, but. Bill Cosby, we won't go, go on about him, but he had this bit about Noah building the ark. And I remember listening to it as a kid. And, 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 and whenever I think of Noah, I, I think of, of, of that bit of, of how Noah was constantly uh, being uh, mocked by his friends and neighbors as to what in the world are you doing building this giant ship? Because you said God is going to make it rain and rain and rain. Yet Noah didn't allow the short-sightedness of others to stop him from doing what God called him to do. My friends, Sometimes we are called to do things that others don't understand. Sometimes we are called to do things that others may make fun of. Sometimes we are called to live in a way that stands over and against what others are doing. And as Christians, we need to stand our ground. Romans 3 says this, it says... That to be righteous means to align your heart with the heart of God. See, unfortunately, all of us are born into complete bondage to sin, unable to produce any sort of, of, of true righteousness on our own. And, and the only way for us to be truly righteous is, is that we need Christ in our hearts. So how can we live faithfully in our world? How can we live faithfully in a world that is often unfaithful? Well, first, we need to be like Noah and be present in our world. We also 
we shouldn't compromise our principles. You know, and when I think about compromising your principles, one of the things that comes to mind is driving. How many of you like driving on the Columbus freeways? Any of you? Yeah, you like it? Is it a competition for you? Yes. For me, sometimes it is a, uh, a way of, of building Christian character, I like to say. So, you know, I'm driving down the freeway yesterday and have somebody come up behind me and, you know, I was... You know, had my little cruise set, and they, these people were wanting me to go faster, and, and I didn't want to go faster. But then in the back of my mind, I said, I need to go faster. Why? Because the people behind me wants me to go faster. Isn't that the oddest thing ever? But it's true. It happens, doesn't it? I don't know these people. I'm never going to see them again. Well, unless they run into the back of me. I'm never going to see them again. But for some reason, the fact that they're behind me is making me change the behavior that I had decided to do, that I decided was right. And and, and it occurred to me yesterday as, as I was bringing my son back from his baseball game, I'm like, I, like, I'm being tempted to do something I don't want to do by somebody I don't even know. What's going to happen if it's somebody I do know or somebody I do respect or somebody I do care about their thinking? My friends, we can't compromise our principles because somebody else wants us to. Another way that we can live faithfully like Noah lived faithfully uh, during his time is that we can use a filter. And that filter is the Word of God. My friends, everything we do should be run through the filter of the Word of God. What does the Bible say about certain things? What does the Bible say we should do? Because while times change, God doesn't. And, and, and if we believe that Scripture is inspired by God, we have to believe that God understood the same stuff we understand today back when it was written, don't we? We need to use the Bible as a filter to help us know what to do. We need also stay on mission, that is, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through love and through acts of service and devotion. And most importantly, like Noah, we need to hold on to hope. My friends, Noah never gave up hope that God would redeem the world. Noah never gave up hope that one day humanity will thrive. God, uh, Noah never gave up hope that God was going to keep his word. We need to do the same thing. When we look about our world and we see things that are, are just not right, we need to not give up hope and know that one day God will redeem this world. And that while this world may not be the way it sh we want it to be or the way it should be now, it doesn't mean that it won't be in the future. And that God might just want to use us 
to redeem this world. My friends, we cannot give up hope. I love the story of Noah, not just because of the critters, although that's part of it. I love this story because it tells of a man who didn't give up, who lived in a world that was corrupt, yet he kept being faithful. He stuck to his principles. He filtered everything that happened through what he knew about God. And he did what the Lord commanded him to do, even if nobody else was doing it. My friends, let us, like Noah, stay on task and be the faithful followers of God in a corrupt world. Let us pray. Lord, We thank you for the person of Noah who gave us a, just a wonderful example to follow. Help us to be an example for others in this corrupt world. Help us to be righteous even when we are faced with corruption. And Lord, we know that we are sinful, the world is full of sin, yet Jesus came for the sinners. Jesus came to redeem us where we couldn't redeem ourselves. Jesus came to forgive our sins. And then he rose to give us the hope of everlasting life. Thank you for sending him. It is in his name that we humbly pray. Amen.